On today's podcast, we're talking Jeremy Macklin, Major League Baseball pitching, Albert Pujols hitting dingers, the different types of Major League Baseball ownership, and how Adam Silver needs to step up and end the Golden State Warriors. Welcome in to the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and it is Sunday, June 4th. So I got reeled in, as I always do, hoping that we were going to finally get a really good NBA Finals game. And about the first half, uh, it it really looked like we were going to. And in the second half, the Warriors, as they have for almost this whole two games of the series so far, just looked to be a little bit too much for the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they just have so many pieces right now. They're so deep. Uh, you almost you have to feel bad for LeBron watching this series. He's given it his all, and I mean, his teammates I think are giving it their all. Uh, Tristan Thompson, game one excluded, and the Warriors are just so good that they don't have an answer. But we'll get into uh, more Warriors and NBA talk later in the podcast. So the first thing that's happened this week since we spoke last is. Jeremy Macklin was released by the Chiefs. This news that broke on Friday came out of absolute nowhere. Uh, he got married last week. Andy Reid and a bunch of the players were at his wedding. And the news broke that he was released and nobody really knew. I mean, it was clearly just for salary cap. He's a very high character guy. He's the best receiver on the team, has been for two years. And I, he's a good, just a good veteran leader. I don't know why you would cut him. It almost... Bear with me, Chiefs fans. It almost seems like they're trying to rebuild this year. And they're coming off of, they were the two seed in the AFC last year. They got beaten the divisional round by the Steelers. It's still been many moons since they've played in an AFC championship game. They drafted Mahomes this year, number 10 overall, 10-8, somewhere around there. I believe it was number 10. And it just looks like they're packing up shop this year. I was talking to somebody, and think about it. They have to play the Raiders, much-improved Chargers, and the Broncos, who still have that really good defense twice each this year. Then, because they won the division last year, they have to play the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Houston Texans, who I think the Texans are going to have a really good year with Deshaun Watson. So those games, and then they play the NFC East, and none of those will be easy wins. Uh, The Giants are going to be really good. The Cowboys are going to be really good. Uh, The Eagles and Redskins are nothing to sleep on. So I don't understand uh, releasing your number one wide receiver when your quarterback struggles to throw. And uh, Jeremy Hill had some drops. Travis Kelsey led the world in drops, it seemed like. Uh, I'm going to dig into some numbers on Kelsey's drops. I don't know if it was just he dropped balls in the most inopportune times, but it seemed like he had a lot of drop passes this year. So... It, I mean, there's a big hole at wide receiver now. They have Tyree Kill and Chris Conley as their two best receivers coming back. So we'll see if the Chiefs, what they're going to do, if they're going to address this, or if they're going to go 8-8, eight and 6-10 eight, and ten this year and look to trade Alex Smith. I don't, I don't understand the reasoning. I don't understand if, this, if Andy Reid signed off on this or if this was just Dorsey acting alone or ownership. I just don't understand the move. And I don't like it. I'm a big, big Jeremy Macklin fan. Uh, there's, Like I said, I talked earlier, there's nothing not to like about this guy. He, I, I'm going to have to move on or I'll rant all day. 
he I Jeremy Macklin Chiefs fans will greatly miss you thank you for your time in Kansas City so the same night Clayton Kershaw reached 2,000 strikeouts in his career and he was the second fastest pitcher to do so He's sitting there in pretty good company between Pedro and Randy Johnson on the fastest pitchers to ever reach 2,000 career strikeouts. He has a very Sandy Koufax-like career. I was listening to Dan Patrick the other day, and they were comparing statistics from him and Sandy Koufax, and they were basically the same. The team's win-loss record was the same. Their ERA, Kershaw had a better ERA by like .02 and like six more strikeouts. Like Their numbers are so close. I think Clayton Kershaw, if he retired today, would be a Hall of Famer. We've talked uh, with Lucas before. I've talked on here. I think he may be one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And when you see him out there, and he's feeling it this year, clearly. Uh, likely going to win his fourth Cy Young. Sorry, JK. Mike Leake's been, been on the struggle train here lately. But he, you know, fourth Cy Young, he already has an MVP. And the guy's just 29 years old. So, you know, props to Clayton Kershaw for reaching that milestone. Second fastest pitcher to ever do it. And, you know, we're hopefully going to see a lot more healthy years out of Clayton Kershaw to see what he's able to rack up throughout the course of his major league career. Another pitching note, Edison Volquez threw a no-hitter this weekend for the Miami Marlins. And I was most impressed that he did it on 98 pitches. He faced the minimum... 27 batters and that's just uh, quite the feat if you get a complete game no hitter at that in 98 pitches that is just an incredible feat that means he was dialed in he wasn't walking people uh you know he wasn't bringing guys to three two counts so good for edison volquez he said he dedicated that to uh jose fernandez and uh Jordano Ventura, sorry, his first name was slipping me there for a moment. But hey, both of those guys passed away in the last six, eight months, and, you know, it affected both of those organizations. Volk has, pitched for, has now pitched for both of those organizations. He was with the Kansas City Royals last year and signed with the Marlins this offseason. So very cool to see him do that. Congratulations on the no-hitter. Always love a good no-hitter. It seems like they come in spurts, so keep your eye out for another one. And if it does happen, keep keep your ear out because I'm going to be saying I called it. <laughs> so, uh, and another note, uh, it wasn't like Edwin Jackson's 160-pitch no-hitter. My Lord. <laughs> Edwin now Jackson, as we like to call him. Uh, Lucas and I had a big ongoing joke about that for years whenever the Cardinals traded for him in 2011. And... Uh, the, Car- the Cardinals called it a move that they had to win now because they traded the young Colby Rasmus at the time. And we uh, we joked that, you know, Ed win now. And they ended up winning the World Series that year. So I've kind of stuck with calling them that ever since then. And talking about the Cardinals and a player that was also on the team that year, uh, Albert Pujols hit his 600th career home run. And just congratulations to the machine. Guy's one of the all-time greatest hitters in the history of the game he was the ninth player to reach that milestone and I want to talk a little bit about this from uh I'm a Cardinals fan and I have a I like to bring my perspective to it uh when Al left and signed that big contract with the Angels you know a lot of fans were mad 
Uh, I wasn't. I understood the business aspect on both sides. The Cardinals didn't feel comfortable giving him that much money for that length of time. And Albert's got to do what's best for him. I never will fault a professional athlete for taking the most money available because they have such a short time to earn all the money that they can. I'm If if you in your career, if you knew you couldn't do what made you your most money past the age of 30, if you're lucky 35, then you, I mean, you got to make whatever money you can. So I was never mad at Albert, but you know, this leading up to a 600 home runs and, uh, you know, kind of following the coverage of it. I've been a little mad at the Cardinals. Uh, I, I wish so badly he was getting to reach these milestones as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals as he was for the first 11 years of his career. Uh, at the time, I thought it was too much money, too many years. And now, I think it would have been a good deal for both sides if the Cardinals matched what the Angels were going to give him. Uh, he would still be hitting third for the Cardinals, would have hit third this whole time, even though he's had his down years, and that's what's consoled some Cardinal fans is that, you know, the prime years of his career ended when he was in St. Louis. He's still putting up very good numbers. You know, the batting average has dipped a little bit, but he's still putting up the home runs and the RBIs. He had that one year, I think it was uh, 2012 or 2013, where he was hurt, and so he didn't have his best statistical year. But he's still putting up over 30 home runs, over 100 RBIs, and he's just, he's a machine. I really, I, I feel robbed is a Cardinals fan seeing Albert Pujols hit a 600th career home run for the Angels. And I don't blame Albert. I blame management. And if you're going to run your team like that, you're you're going to look like the Cardinals have looked the last two years eventually. You know, they had a really good four- or five-year run after Albert left. I think it was a four-year run, ended in 15, where they played really good and DeWitt and John Mazaliak look like geniuses, and now it's kind of uh, turning the other way. Pujols is reaching milestones. The team's struggling mightily. Oh, I could talk for three hours about the Cardinals' play lately. But so this leads me into another point of the types of ownerships. So you have teams that are run as a business. So you have business owners, you have long term investment owners. And then you have hobby ownership. So business owners are running the team like a business. You know, they need to run at at least zero profit. A lot of them that are run as a business run with a yearly profit. And David Glass, uh, the owner of the Kansas City Royals, is the first guy that comes to mind in that aspect. Uh, They've never given out a big contract. He very much runs the team as a business. He has a lot of money, but he doesn't have the money that some owners do. So the next is uh, the next type of ownership is an investment owner. And I think about that, like the, the DeWitt family, the Davis family, uh, these people aren't quite on Mark Cuban level and they understand that, you know, they, you know, the Davis family, they got their franchise for almost nothing. And there are a lot of owners like that. You know, when you look back as early as the, or as, as soon as the 1990s, Teams weren't selling for billions of dollars. The Rams, when they moved to L.A., they were, they're now valued at $3 billion. There were no teams going for $3 billion in the 90s. But these these individuals have bought these teams and watched the uh, the value of leagues or of teams grow, 
And so they see it as a long-term investment. And I think that that's what the cardinal ownership falls under. And then the third type of owner, the type of owner you wish your team had, is hobby owners. Uh, Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones, and Cubes is definitely one of the people that come to mind for me. They're people that are rich beyond their wildest dreams, and they are owning a team as their hobby. They want to dump money in. Uh, I'd, I'd seen uh, Mark Cuban do an interview where when Dallas was had won a championship, all the money that they had lost that season because Cuban was spending more money than the team was bringing in to try to build a championship team because it's a hobby for him. The guy's rich. He's still making a ton of money. That's what he does for fun. Like some of you hunt, fish, play softball, watch sports. Mark Cuban's hobby is owning a team. And I think that that's why Major League Baseball ownership was terrified of Mark Cuban owning the Cubs or any baseball team for that matter because a hobby owner with no salary cap it could it would be really fun for that team and it would not be a lot of fun for any other team. Mark Cuban would have spent a lot of money, would have wrote a lot of blank checks to build a championship team. If look, if Mark Cuban was going to buy your team tomorrow, you your especially your baseball team, you should be ecstatic because he is going to do he's a like I said hobby owner. He has more than enough money. He doesn't have to run it like a business. He doesn't have to turn a profit. He doesn't even have to break even for a long term like uh, the investment owners that I described. He is out there to build the best team that he can. And so, unfortunately, that's probably why Cubes will never get a Major League Baseball team. And he is currently a victim of the this whole super team saga that's going on in the NBA super team era, I guess would be the better description of it. So the balance of the league is off. Uh, talked at the start of, at the top of the podcast, the cat or golden state is up two Oh on the Cavs. They're 10 and Oh in the playoffs this year. Adam silver has to, Adam silver, silver, Adam silver has to do something to keep Kevin Durant from re-signing with golden state. The, the balance of the league is just off when the, the greatest player of all time, LeBron James, is putting up. He had a triple-double tonight. He had a big game one. And his the, his the guys around him aren't playing terrible. They just don't have a chance because Golden State won 73 games last year and then added the second-best player in the league. What are you going to do? The, the balance of the NBA is off, and I can't stand it. And le- it's not fun unless you're a Golden State Warriors fan. It's not fun for casual NBA fans. It's not fan fun for fans of other teams it just sucks we had this crappy postseason this year and everybody was waiting for a really good final series and I hope that and I think that LeBron can win a game or two at home I hope 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 but the Warriors just look like they're in another class because they are because like I said this team won 73 games last year and added the second best player in the NBA you're going to be in a different class than everybody else. Even the team opposite of you who has the greatest player of all time in LeBron James. So, Adam Silver, ask yourself this. Do you think Roger Goodell would stand idly by and let one player dictate the competitive balance of the NFL? Roger Goodell is going to protect that shield. So, heck no, he wouldn't. 
Roger Goodell would be telling Kevin Durant where he could and could not sign. <laughs> not that Goodell's the most popular owner, one that you want to emulate a lot, but something has to be done. It's just not been a good playoffs, and shy of uh, LeBron and the Cavs coming alive at the queue these next two games, it's just going to be a stinker for the whole NBA playoffs. So, and on Twitter news, we got our most successful retweet from Clay Travis uh, tonight. So get on Twitter. I've been I've tried to work on Clay to get him on the podcast before. Tell Clay to debap and come on the podcast because I think you guys would love to hear him. And I uh, I know I would. I have a whole half a notebook of uh, questions I'd love to ask Clay Travis. Get his perspective on some things. Listen to his story. Uh, real interesting guy, but so so get on Twitter. Tell Clay to come on. I think if we get enough of our award-winning listeners to uh, to bother him and tweet him, that he might be interested in coming on. So that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, there will be no, and just so this isn't a surprise, if you're a regular listener, thank you for everything that you do for listening to the podcast, keeping up with it. There will be no uh, end of the week podcast. You know, that's kind of this thing that we've gone to is beginning of the week, end of the week, uh, two podcasts per week. So no end of the week podcast this week, no beginning of the po- no beginning of the week podcast next week. So the next time I will talk to you guys will be the end of next week, and we will likely have an NBA champion crowned. We the Stanley Cup will likely have a new home. By the way, Nashville brought it to Pittsburgh in Game 3. That looks like that could be a better series than what the first two games were turning out to be. So we will have a lot to talk about. If we have to do an emergency podcast, I may do an emergency podcast on my iPhone. Had to do that once before, and uh, it turned out okay. Uh, of course, you know I'm going to leave all my... Uh, all my sound equipment's not going to be with me. So if I have to do a podcast via the iPhone, I will. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, listening. We are uh, we are getting into our fifth month of the podcast, seeing great growth. You guys are uh, you guys are the real heroes here, going out, sharing, uh, telling your friends, telling people you know to check out the Fumbling Punter podcast. There's this loony guy that says all sorts of crazy things, and. Uh, he has a fun uh, baseball analyst that comes on from time to time. He has a movie guy that comes on from time to time. So, JK, I'm calling you out right now to do a movie podcast soon. I know that you are going to be listening. So, have a good week. Have a good next weekend, everyone. For The Fumbling Punter, I am Devin Keeney. <laughs>